Hello, Barry Willen, Melody here, your host for the Comeback Game podcast. And we have a cracker today with Dave Thompson from Inspirational Book Publishing. Dave Wright's published and launched system has been used by hundreds of authors to write their book in a week and publish a high quality book in six weeks later, becoming international Amazon bestsellers. He shows entrepreneurs how to expand their reach, authority, influence, and impact using best-selling books. Since 2014, Dave has become the go-to teacher for coaches, experts, and entrepreneurs who want to unearth the power of their message to accelerate their personal and business brand. He works with clients that know that, know that inspirational book is the key to the next level of income, impact, authority, and influence. On this interview, Dave and I speak uh, about how his journey to becoming a uh, teacher of best-selling authors came about. After studying law for six years, even though he knew 30 minutes into his first session in first semester that law and legal wasn't going to be for him. Growing up in an environment, uh, he had three choices, become a doctor, become a lawyer, or become an engineer. And so influenced and uh, impacted to become a lawyer, Dave started to realize something wasn't quite right. Although determined to get through the other side of a legal degree, became a lawyer, and six years later, realized that it was time for him to take a bit of a turn start to follow his heart's desire more and uh, eventually move into what now has become his life's legacy, helping hundreds of entrepreneurs, coaches around the world to become best-selling authors. We also touched on my interesting experience a week ago when I was detained uh, in Bali immigration for four days due to a visa issue and was almost charged with fraud. And we also speak around the importance of trusting your heart and developing a connection with your intuition and how that can greatly impact growth of your business in 2020 and beyond. It's a phenomenal episode. I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Let's jump over there now. Hey, Barry. Awesome to be here, my man. Yeah, me too. Where are you calling in from today? I am in Brisbane, Australia. Brisbane, today. Australia. Fantastic. And I'm from Perth, Australia. I should be in Bali right now. Uh, I flew to Bali last Thursday, mm. got detained for four days in immigration, and uh, then got sent home on Sunday. Now I'm in mandatory quarantine, locked in a hotel room in the city. Wow. It's been, a, it's been a pretty epic last week. Oh, man. That's intense. Yeah, crazy times right now. Um, mate, for those that are watching or listening to this today, wherever they are in the world, uh, can you share a little bit about like, who you are and what is it you do? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, I mean, we might get into this later. My background, I actually started out as a lawyer and then I changed. I, I was like, I just can't do that career. And so... Um, few, a few dips and changes and turns where I'm at now is my business is in book publishing. So it's called inspirational book writers and we help great people with great ideas to get their message out to the world so that we can create a, a positive change because I, I really believe that it's, it's when great people, when entrepreneurs, when people in business that have solutions, when they share that with the world, that's when we accelerate our evolution in a really positive way. So that's, yeah. that's, that's us in a nutshell. Absolutely. Mate, bit of a, bit of a transition, like lawyer become publisher. Like how does that happen? Well, through a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> As many good things. Yeah. Yeah. It was a case of, um, I guess going to quite a traditional school and just being told, you know, you'd be, you'd be a good lawyer. You can talk, you're good with words. You will, like be a barrister and there were no other options really presented to me at mm. school. And so I just followed that path, went into law and you know what? I, I was 30 minutes into my very first law class of the very first year of the very first subject. And I was like, mm, this is not for me. I, I knew it. I knew it. 
and but I stuck with it for six years and I finished it. <laughs> Shit. Because what I was being told in my environment was like, well, if you don't know what you want to do, keep doing what you're doing until you do know what you want to do. There was no like encouragement of like, well, just go and sit in the emptiness for a bit mm. until you work it out. And so, yeah, it, I mean, I'm, I am grateful for that experience because I think it, the, the law background really lends itself to a lot of authority and credibility when it comes to books. Um, but the transition really started to happen when I started to listen to myself and, mm. and act on, act on that. Mm. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot there I want to pull apart. Um, mm. Go for it. So, so was it schooling or was it parents that were kind of like uh, guiding, let's just say guiding you into the, the legal side of things? Like how does that, how does it happen? It, it was both. Yeah, it was, it was both. Um, parents uh and extended family all medical doctors so it was like the 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 acceptable career paths were uh medical doctor lawyer engineer Mm. and there and and the interesting thing was there were no like if you'd asked me on the day i finished uh, high school could i name 10 other occupations or even like could, could i name five trades couldn't i couldn't have done that I just, I didn't know because the path was, it, it was just like, well, this is the way you will go. Mm. So it was deeply, so, so what I'm hearing you say is that, that the path was deeply ingrained in you from, from somewhat a young age, that there was kind of three career moves. There was doctor, there was lawyer, or there was engineer. Um, and it's like pick three, hey, you're good with words. Yeah. Um, you, should be a, you should be a lawyer. Exactly. And I think that kind of started from maybe the age of nine or 10 when I started mm. reading uh, John Grisham novels and he, you know, all his stories are about lawyers and that sort of thing. And, um, and in some ways it did align to my natural nature because there is definitely a part of me that loves to stand up for truth and justice. But when I got into the legal system and got into legal training, what I realized is that the legal system does not always deliver justice. And if it does, mm. it takes a long time and it's not always accessible by everyone. Sometimes you need to have a lot of money to be able to kind of to access that justice and go through that process. So it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. <laughs> it's, it's so uncanny hearing you say this because I had to pay my way out under the table to get out of Bali. Yes. I, I um, long story short, I purchased a, a Kitas visa mm-hmm. off a visa company that was referred to me. Um, and this was, I, I moved to Bali earlier this year. Mm. Uh, went, didn't want to have to do the visa runs every 30 to 60 days. Um, found out I could get a Kitas, like a long-term permanency visa. Mm-hmm. Purchased this visa, flew back to Australia for school holidays to see my boys. My two mm-hmm. kids are here to run an event that we, we were supposed to run at the time before COVID hit pretty hard. And then went to fly back, went through the, the loopholes of getting the, the COVID test, the medical certificates and getting everything I needed to get back there, not even thinking that there, was, there would ever be an issue with my Kitas. Mm. That was the least of my issues because I had the, the document mm. I needed. Mm. Got to Indonesian airport, went to, to move through on, the, on last Thursday night and they pulled me aside um, and said that it wasn't registered. And so I was sitting in immigration and they're like, oh, it's not your fault, it'll be fine. Like it's your visa company's fault, give us their details went to ring the visa company, their phone was disconnected. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good. 
Uh, Anyway, that eventuated to me being locked in a room with no furniture, air conditioner blaring, no food being provided, no water being provided, no beds, like nothing for four days. Wow. Uh, and And I've got quite a few contacts over there that went through different channels. And on the third day, I contact new head of immigration, Jakarta. And what was reported back is that I had a fraudulent Kitas with a number from a deceased Chinese woman on this document. Jeez. And he, he's like, you're in deep shit. Like, not only now is the Kitas like, like not real, it's fraudulent and they're going to trial you for fraud. And oh. here I am going like, shit, a week ago, like I was living the most incredible life ever. And now... I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a room locked in a room in Bali, um, potentially facing like imprisonment for a fraudulent document that I that I purchased off a, what I thought was legitimate. Wow. Visa company. I was like, man, like I can. It was funny because I came to peace with like how easily people can make one decision or one thing in their life, and it just wipes everything. And so, you know, to come back to what you shared, in the end, what happened is I had another mate who had a lawyer. And we, we paid on the table to get released with no, no even record that I've even been in Bali wow. in the last four days. And so, unfortunately, this is the corruptness that happens, not just in Indonesia, but in all around the world. Yes. And we're seeing so much of it come to light right now, especially through this COVID pandemic. Yes, absolutely agree. Wow, man. I'm, I can't. That's just, it's astonishing. And at the same time, there's a part of me that's not surprised. Mm. They're, they're just seeing, they're just seeing local flying in like flu in business class. Mm-hmm. They're not getting any tourists at the moment. They're all starved of money. And it's like, Hey, there's an opportunity for us here. And, and what choice do I have? Stay locked up in the room or pay, pay for my freedom, you know? And it was interesting because I've, as you know, I, I reached out to you cause I've been writing a book called the path to freedom. Yes. And on, yes. the plane, on the plane on the way home, I had like the download of the preface of this book. It's like, you know, the first aspect of freedom on my, on my journey was financial. Yes. You know, then it was time. Yes. And it feels like what I've just experienced this past 12 months is freedom within myself and self-expression and love and vulnerability. Because sitting in that, in, that, in that room, I was like, you know what? Like I've had everything taken away, but no one could take away the way I feel about myself right now. Yes. Wow. I love yeah. that. That is incredible. So, man, and it feels like a dream, a somewhat traumatic dream, but yes. being here in Perth just going like, did that happen? Like, yeah. So, I, man. Mm. So, Laura, and what's really interesting about what you, sorry for, for divesting, it was just yeah, go for it. Yeah. So beautifully slid into what you said. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's, oh. um, so, interesting thing is that you, you, you know, to some degree you've been indoctrinated to some degree your whole life to follow one of three paths and rightly or wrongly so like your parents and those around you were only trying to do what they thought best their best way of loving you and supporting you and bringing you up mm-hmm. in the world and that's that's what our parents do um interesting thing enough though is that uh within half an hour of your first class ever you knew like you felt something like was it was it a knowing in your head or was it more like a feeling that it's like this is not for me. It was a it was a visual of seeing of sitting in the back of a lecture theatre, looking out over the people, looking at the tutor, and then also and then feeling, these aren't my people. Mm, this is wow. this is this is not who I want to spend my life with. You, you know, like you go down the lawyer path, you 
what you know what is that you climb the ranks you become a partner or it becomes your life I'm like I, I kept looking, I did work experience at various law firms and I kept looking at the partners and going, I don't want to be you. When I'm 40, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, I don't want to be you. And because I was talking to these partners and one of the partners, I remember vividly, he was, a, he was a, an elite rugby player in his youth and he, he, he had opportunities to travel the world and go overseas and play professionally and he gave it up to get into law early in his 20s. And I was just like, like, cause I played rugby myself. I'm like, like, you can't play rugby when you're 60. You can be a lawyer when you're 60, but you got to take your opportunities in life when they present themselves. And this guy hadn't. And I was like, I think mm. that is, that is um, demonstrative of, of what a lot of the law culture is like. And so environment wise, I was like, I cannot spend my time. I cannot spend my life in that environment. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that. So there's a vision and, and it was to the tribe. I love that. It was like, these are not my people. This is not where I fit in. It wasn't even necessarily within yourself. It was within the environment you're in. And yet what, what I, what I, I say love the most, I don't, don't know another word for it, but you, you still chose to stick out for six years. Like that's, that's a hell of a determination, dude. And stubbornness, which is probably a good trait of a, a lawyer as well. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, well that's, um, you know, I managed to, I did, I, I do have a stubbornness. I do have a discipline and a determination. And I, I managed myself through that time by, uh, by, and this is kind of how um, kind of informed a lot of the way we do our books is I managed to reduce, to, to reduce my time in the law to like, I was doing full time, but I was probably only studying about five or 10 hours a week. And the rest of the time I dedicated to the things I was interested in at the time, which was rugby, playing rugby, coaching rugby, and, uh, and fishing and being out in the boat. That's what I was really into in my you know, late teenage years, early 20s. Um, and so I got really good at getting a lot done in a very short period of time. Mm. So that's what I feel I got from that law experience. And then mm. that skill has translated over into the, the, the way we do our books. Like a big part of our message is come and write your book in a week. Mm. Wow. And, and a book is like a big thing, but we go, all right, well, let's, let's focus. Let's, mm. let's intensively work on this. Mm. Isn't it interesting how um, I, I certainly find this, and I'm sure many people listening and watching today will, will find it as well. Isn't it interesting how we can go through these experiences in life, like yours is a six-year experience in life, and, and from what you've shared, there's been at least one key takeaway from that, which is that you learn how to do an immense amount of work in a very short period of time. Mm. But how that learning that you picked up through that has, has then formed such a key uh, distinction, opportunity, experience for then what was next on your journey and path through life. And had you not have gone through that six years, you probably wouldn't have received that gift. Certainly not in that way. No, not at all. It's, it's, I am continually asking myself or, or, or I can continually noticing about life that the stage that the stage that I'm at now, that's, that's just preparing me for what's to come. Everything is prepares you for what's to come. If, and especially the traumatic or, or difficult things, 
there's so much gold in those mm -hmm. if you can find it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you finished six years of, of law, right? Yeah. Through that time, you led to do a lot very quickly. Um, you continued with rugby and aspects of that. Where did the book thing come into this? Was it during that six years or was it something that was found after you, you kind of let go of that, that chapter of life? Yeah, it was, it was after. So I, um, it was interesting when I, when I left law, uh, I found myself in a, a Tony Robbins seminar. And when I walked into that room, I was like, Oh, these are my people. <laughs> they were happy. They were healthy. You know, they were into interesting things. I remember meeting the first girl I met was 22 years old. She was Chinese and she had a, a business on eBay selling uh, magnets that had frogs on them. And she made 60 grand a year selling frog magnets on eBay. I was <laughs> like, and she's 22 years old. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, I love the innovation, the entrepreneur, the different thinking. And so that kind of got me asking, well, what are these people doing? Like, how are they making their money? What, what work are they doing? How are they impacting the world? And, and then that got me into coaching. And I studied at, at the Coaching Institute. And I, that's where we first connected. Yeah. Um, and then I built up my coaching practice, working with private clients for a couple of years. And then I was looking around going, well, how do I, I'm not in law anymore where I just climb the ladder. How do you expand in business? How do you evolve? How do you go to the next level? And uh, someone suggested to me that I write a book and I, it just immediately was like, that's what I need to do. And so mm. I did, I did, I, I wrote it in a week and I published it six weeks later. And that's what we offer now, but I just did it that way because I, I didn't want it to drag on, mm. you know, they can be really big projects books. I just wanted to get it out to the market and I launched that book and it did really, it surprised me. Like I thought I was going to sell 10 copies. I thought mum would buy five of them and my brothers might <laughs> buy the others. We, we sold about 500, which was awesome. But what was more surprising and what was what then birthed the book program was people coming to me saying, Dave, I've been wanting to get my book out for seven years, for 10 years, for 15 years. And you just did that in a week. Like you got to teach me that, teach me the strategy, help me do that. And these were my friends asking me that. And I just thought, Oh yeah, they're my friend. I'll just show them how, but then they got, they got serious. And one in particular starts waving a visa card at me. She's like, no, 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 no. I don't think you get this. Like I need this. I have a problem. You have the solution. I will pay you. Like, come, come to me with some sort of offer. Like I need what you've got. And so I was like, all right, there's something here. And that's when the entrepreneur in me woke up, identified the problem and then started to create the, the solution of how we could help people with that. Mm. Reminds me of that old quote, like a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yeah. And I see a lot with entrepreneurs or, you know, uh, and ambitious wannabe entrepreneurs is that they, they want to see the whole path before they take action. They want to see the end game. And what I, know, <clears throat> what I notice most about the entrepreneurs that I speak to and many that I interview on, on the Comeback Game podcast is that they're, they're just willing to blindly step forwards. Yes. They're willing to just step, take one foot after the other, not necessarily know where it ends up, but, but, be, but have this insatiable curiosity. Yes. In those steps to notice what's there. I think that, I think that we can be blindsided when we are, so determined to get somewhere 
that we missed the opportunities. We, we, we missed the people waving the credit cards in front of us, the visa cards in front of us saying, take my money. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, no, 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 I'm trying to make a business over here and make money. And they're like, but I've got a car. You're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm over here, I'm trying to make money. Yes. We missed those opportunities. Yet, if you have that faith and that trust and that determination to keep stepping forwards, I honestly believe that anyone and everyone can get there. I agree. I, I agree. I think it's about being receptive <clears throat> to what's in front of you. I, I, I really, I, I like, it's almost like having your ear to the floor, like mm. listening to what's being said between the lines or what's coming your way. You know, what's almost looking at the market and going, what's not out there in the market, but actually really needs to be out there in the market. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Abs abs absolutely. So you've been doing this book, book thing for, for a while now. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. Since yeah. 2014. So it's kind of like the anniversary, like there's a six year cycle with the legal, there's a six year cycle of the books. Um, what have been like, like I know that everyone I speak to hasn't gotten to where they are without some significant hurdles. Mm -hmm. And that's often what stops people getting to where they are as well, because they're mm -hmm. just not willing to get back up when they get knocked down. Yet entrepreneurship, being in business is a journey of just constantly getting back up. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't get to your feet, it's just like getting back to your knees. Yeah. What have, what have been some of the adversities or challenges that you've had to face along mm -hmm. the way? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Great question. Honestly, the, the biggest challenge for me was uh, a quite a quite a quite a difficult relationship that I was in uh, through the middle of the business. It was like intimate relationship. Yeah, intimate relationship. That was really mm. um, you know things started to get crazy. Kind of we start so book writer started twenty fourteen. Things in the relationship started to get crazy like twenty middle of twenty fifteen, and for a couple of years there. Um, that personal side of my life brought me to my knees. Mm. It, it, it didn't, it, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't disappear. Like I didn't, I wasn't dead. I didn't disappear off the face of the earth, but it brought me to my knees in a way that I wanted to show up for the business. I knew it was time to expand the business. Like 12 months in, we were ready to scale because we'd proven our system. We'd, 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 we'd just, We'd proven our thing works. It was ready to be of service to more people. The system was built. We were ready to go. But I wasn't because of this relationship challenge. And so that was, that was really tough. It was mm. really tough. And what that required was a lot of, a lot of soul searching, a lot of healing, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of sticking up for myself, mm. a lot of drawing boundaries. Um, and, and as far as the business went, it was a case of just really I, like doing whatever it took to keep my, my whole mantra through that really tough period was keep this business alive, do whatever it takes to keep it going because the relationship drama or situation wasn't going to last forever, but the business has got a long yeah. life. Yeah. And so there was this determination to, to, to keep going and see it through. And, you know, that, that storm has been over for, for many years now. And, and, and now the business is experiencing the fruits of that because I'm able to show up for it. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. My, my, my honest belief is that we never have business problems. We have personal problems that get expressed through our business. And yes, 
you know, all the strategies and tactics and techniques you need are out there on YouTube. But I honestly believe that there's this, um, there's this parallel universe that happens between one's personal growth and one's business growth. And, you know, certainly with the, the hundreds of clients that we've coached, mm. every time you, you get a breakthrough from the person and that breakthrough shows up in the business. It's not Absolutely. the other way around. It's never the other way around. Like you don't get the business breakthrough and then receive it personally. It's always, always stems from you personally and who you're becoming in that journey of growth within yourself that's reflected then in your business. Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So what do you learn through that? Like, you know, no great challenge or adversity comes without phenomenal learning. So what was the key learnings for you through that experience? I was, the key learning was that I was re continually reminded to trust my instincts and trust my intuition. The same as like at law school on that first day of that first class where my instinct said, this is not for you, but I stuck with it for six years. If I just acted on my instinct straight away, things would have been like, life would have been so much different and probably mm. a lot more graceful and easy. So that reminder to act on my instinct because um, there was a lot of red flags yeah. that I didn't act on. I just let slide and things just got worse and worse and worse until finally I was like, I'm actually on my knees here. I'm forced to act. So the, the kind of the other lesson being act before it's so painful that there's no other option to act. Yeah. <laughs> but let, let's be honest. Many of us don't do that. We wait for the I know. pain, but that's where we get the, the breakthrough and the lessons from as well, because it's like, shit, I never want to experience that again. Mm, agreed. Yeah. Um, talk to me more about that. Like I, uh, like I love the whole topic of int intuition and, and heart connection and yeah. divine guidance because it's, it's been something I've been studying for, I think nearly 18 years now. Mm. And I found it's like, it's very similar to training at the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go and do a set of bicep curls, but it doesn't mean you walk out there with bicep peaks. Like it's, mm. it's an ongoing practice. And I think that you know, us learning to trust our intuition, that divine guidance is an ongoing practice as well. Mm -hmm. And we get tested and the tests, the tests or the opportunities, I should say, get bigger and more beautiful as we go along. But there is a cleanup phase of when we kind of start to, I guess, get awakened to that level of consciousness and start to follow and experience it, that we get challenged to like, do we follow the brain that seems logical, realistic in this situation? Or do we follow the heart intuition, which doesn't seem logical, doesn't seem like it'll work out, but it just feels right. Like it's just a knowing there. Yeah. What's, what's been your discovery through this process of kind of like, I guess, awakening into that consciousness? Mm -hmm. It's that it, it's, the, I really see it quite simply. It's that what the one thing I've learned is that I need to follow my first impulse because the first impulse is correct for me. It's not, yeah. not correct for everyone. Other people have different processes. But like I said, law school, first year, first class, I knew, done, easy, decision made. I'm, this is not for me, I'm out. But I didn't. And so the awarenesses of, and what I notice is that when I do trust that first instinct, the, the, the messages come through to me clearer and clearer and more frequently. It's almost like yes. the universe saying, this guy's listening. Yes. We're going we're to keep giving him the, the good stuff. Yeah, let's turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 
and uh, and that's when the most flow happens. That when that's when the most ease happens. That's when the most magic happens. Uh, and I find that the more that I drop fear-based patterns out of my conditioning, out of my nervous system, out of my body, the more able I am to receive mm. that that instinct and that intuition. Um, yeah, I, I really think instinct and intuition is a huge part of, of business success. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's always been that way? And the reason I ask that, like I look back, mm. I look back, like I've been in business for 18 years now. Mm. And I look back when I started and my experience of business and the business world back then is very different to now. And, and it has changed a lot. Like I was talking to a, um, the directors of a company that I'm shareholdering yesterday. And I said, we can no longer build these lumpy business plans because the, the, the market is moving so quickly. Like as long as you're clear of where you're going in terms of like that, that bigger picture vision, it's more around being responsive in the market quarter to quarter. Yes. rather having a long-term business plan. Whereas it was very different 10 years ago. Like you could have a business plan, the market changed a lot less rapidly um, and, and things were to some degree more sustainable. Yet I think too that now there's more opportunities than ever been before. You know, uh, there's more challenge, but equally too, there's more opportunity. Do you think that business is always, business success has always stemmed from intuition or do you think that is a shift that we are seeing as, as human consciousness? I, I do think it's a shift. Cause I've noticed that speeding up so much, yeah. you know, even, even four years ago, we could plan our year in advance, plan 12 months, like, you know, th three or four quarters in advance and it would happen like yeah. that. And now it's like, well, we've got, you know, we've got plans through to the end of this quarter. And then when we get there, we'll, we'll think about the next one. Yeah. I definitely think things are speeding up and I think there is massive opportunity to be responsive to to what's what's happening in yeah. the market Pro provided that you are connected to and listening to your intuition totally and i think that can come through any number of ways like sometimes i put content out on social media just to see what people are vibing with mm. you know son sometimes they don't vibe with it or sometimes i'm like people are interested in that wow how you know and and i think every quarter has a, has a buzzword or has a theme or there's, there's something going on in the market that's like, oh, everyone gets excited about that. Um, so, yeah, I think that responsiveness is, is, is very important right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's the thing too, I guess, with business and entrepreneurship is that, you know, the whole time that you're trying to, to follow somebody else, like you're in their rear vision mirror. Yeah. And you're not focusing on, on the expression of who you really are. Like the way that, you know, Alibaba and Amazon and, mm. you know, Uber and, you know, Airbnb, these companies haven't been created through following sort of someone else. You know, they've come through forging a new path in a new way. And, and I see that many great businesses do that. Like, sure, you can start copying other people's shit, you know, and following sort of what they're doing. And there might be a big enough market share there for you. But there becomes a time if you want to really, truly create a phenomenal business. And I think a fulfilling business Yes. You need to start trusting who you are and what you're here to bring to the marketplace because that creates differentiation in the marketplace that allows you to charge what you're worth. Like we work with a lot of tradies mm. and one common thing is that they get beaten on quotes. Yet our trading clients don't get beaten on price on quotes. Mm -hmm. Just because you're getting leads doesn't mean you're getting leads and you're going to be busy. 
like there might be the wrong type of leads. Whereas if you have that differentiation in the marketplace, you can charge what you want and you'll still always be busy because people want you. People yes. want what you have to offer, not necessarily their toilet fixed or a pergola put up. Yes. Yes. I call it, I call it the, the unique original. Mm. Like think about a piece of artwork. People will pay a premium for a unique individual. Yeah. You know, like I, I even think about my, my mobile phone cover. You can get a mobile phone cover for two bucks on eBay. I paid 150 for this yeah. phone cover and it's a wood. It's a, it's handcrafted from Hawaii. It's got a, a beautiful whale carving on it. Handcrafted. Mm. $100. Mm. Like 50 times the price of a normal cover. Yeah. Unique, unique original. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people, people money is an interesting topic. There's a whole other conversation. But, mm. you know, money is energy in exchange of value. And it's someone's perception of what the value is. It's like, look at, look at what we spent before with me. It's like, I paid a significant amount of money, mm -hmm. but it's like, what's your freedom worth? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what would you be willing to pay? Like, uh, I was like, what would I be willing to pay to have stayed in the country mm -hmm. is, is a question they ask. And it's like, everything has a price point based on the, the perceived value yes. that we have. Absolutely. You know, like, what would you pay to get a child back if they were kidnapped? Yes. Right now, although that's a, that's a pretty shitty example. Mm. Like if you position your business in such a way that is, is a unique representation of you that serves a need in the marketplace, mm. price doesn't become a, a problem or a challenge or an obstacle to overcome. You know, okay. and I think, mm. and I think that that comes from us expressing our unique individual, you know, expressing our hearts intuition. I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I think every, every human, particularly a lot of the book writers that we work with, you know, sometimes they have fears about, Oh, someone else has said the same thing or someone else is doing, you know, in that operating in that niche or that space. But I just say to them every time, no one has your background, no one has your experience and no one says the stories and shares their techniques the way that you, the way that the individual does, because one thing really stood out to me when, um, when I, when I first launched my coaching business before the book business, we had a, we had a very successful podcast that did really mm. well on iTunes and it was called living outrageously. And it was teaching mm. people how to live an outrageous life. And one episode uh, was, we were talking about values and the values in life. This lady gave us feedback afterwards. She said, thank you so much for that. I have studied personal development for 20 years I've gone to Tony Robbins. I've gone to Deepak Chopra. I've gone to Wayne Dyer. I've gone to all the, all the gurus of the, of the business, but I never understood how to work out my own values until you guys shared your method and said those stories in the way that you said it. Yeah. And then it just hit me. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I've got to share before too. Like, I guess a shameless plug for, for you guys um, mm. is that, you know, a book is a fantastic opportunity to express who you are and what you believe and what problems you solve to the greater marketplace. And, you know, I've wanted to write a book for a long time and maybe never felt I was in a position or a stage to do that. And this year I was like, oh, well, I've exited, exited the business. I'm moving to Bali, learn to surf. It's time for me to write my book. And I've spent the last sort of three months putting that together. But that's an opportunity to, to, to have in someone's hands, um, them to be able to read your unique viewpoints, your way of being, your understanding, and they're going to choose to step in and want to do business with you. 
choose to take on board what you believe or, or not to, but either way, it, it's a chance for you to express more of who you are and to, I guess, cut through the noise of the marketplace. You know, although there's a lot of opportunity out there right now, there's also a lot of noise. There's a lot of business. There's yeah. a lot of people. It's never easier than, than right now than to advertise on social media and advertise out there in the mass marketplace. So therefore it's becoming more difficult to stand out. And the only way that you can stand out is by standing as yourself. Yes. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, 100%. So before we wrap things up, uh, if you're having a conversation with, uh, let's just say like a 10-year-old 10 10 year version of yourself, if you're having a conversation with him, mm -hmm. what advice would you give him? Oh, the first thing that came to mind was uh, keep rocking out, keep having fun, keep enjoying your life uh, because it's a, it, 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 it's a big world. And yeah, there's some crazy stuff out there. There's some crazy people. There's some tough situations, but it's it's good to be alive. That, that, mm. That's what's just coming through to me right now is just this vote of uh, of of positivity and optimism for what's to come. Because I know there's a lot of doom and gloom out there, and yeah. some people might be doing it tough. But I do truly believe there's a lot of a lot of great things happening in the world right now that we'll start to see the fruits of in the coming months and years. Yeah, I guess it's like surfing, right? Like you just got to ride, ride the waves. You do, you do, you do. and you stick at it. You stick at it. You put one foot in front of the other. You keep going, and 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 yeah. Soon enough, the swell comes, and and it's it's fun to ride the waves. Yeah, and uh, for those that might want to connect with you and find out about the great work you're doing, what's the easiest way to find you? Yep. Awesome. Uh, Facebook is great. Uh, Inspirational Book Writers is our page or even friend me up personally, Dave Thompson. Uh, really welcome that. And our website is www.inspirationalbookwriters.com. Fantastic. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I really appreciate what you've shared and look forward to us chatting again. Thanks so much, Barry. It's been awesome being here. If you're in a position that many of our clients were before joining us, which is that your business is controlling you rather than you controlling your business, we would love to have a chat to you to see whether or not we might be the right fit to partner with you to help you grow and succeed in business. Over the past eight years, we've helped hundreds of business owners around the world to grow, scale and succeed in business. Uh, many of our clients report we've helped them to triple their profits and double their time off in 12 months or less. If you jump onto YouTube and notice the hundreds of testimonies, you'd see that this is a common theme amongst them. If you're a business owner that's generating more than $300,000 a year in annual revenue, uh, whether it's 500 million, 5 million, even $10 million a year, and you're looking to take your business and your life to the next level, we might be able to help. If you're noticing that your business is lacking structure, maybe systems or processes, maybe you're not quite attracting enough or, or the right type of quality leads, making enough sales, or maybe you've been having issues finding, hiring, retaining, and training the right team members, we could be a fit for you. Ultimately, we believe that we never have business problems, we have personal problems that are expressed through our business, and a lot of the work we do is with you as a business owner, helping you to constantly upgrade the way that you see life, the way that you make decisions, and the way that you help construct a profitable and purpose-driven business. In order for us to do that though, you need to book in a quick, a uh, 15 minute application call with one of our scaling specialists here at The Game Changers. Through the 15 minute call, we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions to see if or how we might better help you. If we can't help you, we'll let you know politely and do our best to point in the direction of someone that can. However, if we can help you, we'll look at booking you an, a one hour game plan session where we're gonna dive a lot deeper into where you and your business are at right now, 
Where is it you want to go in the next three, five, and 10 years time? And what are the potential roadblocks or challenges or even opportunities that are along the journey in order for you to get there faster? If you're really feeling that it's time for you to experience the love and the joy of running a business again, if you're really wanting to experience a business that does actually operate without you while still producing profit, uh, we may very well be the right fit. So book in a 15 minute call, we can have a chat and uh, see where we go from there. My name is Barry Baduti and uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk soon.